Welcome to the Revenge Body Podcast. I'm Maverick Willett, and I've helped thousands of divorcees and single moms get snatched waist, jaw-dropping booties, and confidence that captivates the attention of men in every room, all without dieting, cutting carbs, giving up wine night, or starving yourself. What's going on, y'all? Mav here. Hope everybody's doing freaking amazing today. Today's episode, I'm going to talk about workout myths. But as you all know, if you're listening to the podcast, I do a little bit of chit-chat like a chatty Kathy before I get to that. But that's just so you know, if you want to fast forward through this, you can. Um, But I often give some nuggets beforehand. That's what I'm going to do today. The reason why I'm talking about workout myths is because there's so much confusion around working out. Like There's so much confusion. And I get a lot of questions on my Q&As that I then convert to content because I see what you know consistent themes are. I see what people are asking questions about the most. And then I hit on that because I want to help you all uh, make the most progress that I can with what you're struggling with the most. And I see so many questions about training that indicate that there's a clear confusion with what you should or shouldn't be doing in the gym and the analysis paralysis that accompanies that confusion. So that's what I'm going to clear up on the episode. But before we get to that, how's everybody doing? How's everybody doing out there? I don't watch the news and shit purposely. If you've been following me for a while, you know that I think the news is a big fucking distraction. I think it's a distraction and a masquerade. I think it's a, it is a, it's a big production. You know, I didn't watch the news for like two years straight, like nothing. And then one day I was eating dinner with my family randomly and we were at a uh, steakhouse. I think we were like Texas Roadhouse or something. And there was the news on the TV monitor. And after not seeing it for two years, it was really profound how much of a production it obviously was to me when you see like the red bold breaking news and like the ticker on the bottom and the demeanor of the the people who are delivering the quote unquote news. And then when you see these this content where like they all like you'll see these videos if they don't get canceled by Meta, usually you see these videos on TikTok where you know these things can actually air where these content creators will take like 20 different news stations and splice it all together on one screen and you see they're reading a script. They're all saying the same thing. And then it becomes very obvious that it's all a ploy to push a narrative, divide our populace, make us fight amongst ourselves, push the bipartisan bullshit politics that it's in this country. So don't get me wrong. like I love America, but I am not naive to the corrupt, the corruptness that runs rampant. So anyway, I ignore the news. So I don't really know what's going on half the time. You know, I stay informed to some extent. Um, but I am very, very choosy on what I consume because of the impact that I want to have and the deleterious impact on my energy that has. If I watch the news, I immediately get negative. And that's what they want. They want to have you in fear and outrage. And that's what it does. Depending on where you stand, you're going to be pissed off at the other side. That's what, that's, what, that's what they want. They want us to hate each other. They want us to, if we disagree on one thing, that means we are in total opposition and just can't function around you, around one another. And it has completely closed off any kind of healthy discourse. So the tribalism is just not for me. And, you know, I have, I focus on my family and what our family values are and what we instill in our children. So they have a, a set of values to fact check against the world when they're exposed inevitably to the chaos, you know? And it happens very early. It's probably going to happen in elementary school. So we want to have them ready. We want to have a set of values. It's like we're exposed to something by our teacher or by another student or our friends. 
well, does this, uh, is this in alignment with what my family believes or values that we want to live in this world? So I think that's way more important than staying informed. And I, I say informed, I put that in quotes because are you really informed or are you just consuming what they want you to consume in a very slanted way? Right. The news is not unbiased. There's no such thing as unbiased journalism. So that is my personal belief. I purposely just focus on the things that are going to get me where I want to be in terms of my progress with my career and my family, my relationships. And I think anything less than that is just a distraction in this world. And I only surround myself with people who share that belief and that energy, the positive, abundant, joy-filled energy, the peace that comes with that type of mentality. I'm biased. I'm biased for this way of living, living in truth, not really you know, conforming or contorting myself to not upset other people. I, li- I used to live in a very opposite way in my relationships and, and otherwise, but living in truth, it bleeds into every other area of your life and it helps you stay composed in these moments when you have someone who tries to give you friction or try to fight you or, or like demonize you for believing a certain way or raising your children in a certain way helps you stay convicted. And there's less and less of us around people who don't contort themselves just to make other people happy or less triggered, right? Obviously, we can be compassionate for how things impact people, but we don't have to change our beliefs for the way it makes other people feel. It's their responsibility, not ours. The misery of the world is not our burden to bear. So we just live in a way that cultivates love, compassion, abundance for ourselves and our families, and we keep it moving. We don't pay attention to that shit that detracts from that. That's what I advocate. And that's what I'm going to advocate for my children. I don't know how I got off on that, but hope everybody's doing awesome. Like there's a lot of people sick right now. It's a sick season. So I hope you're taking care of yourselves and getting sunlight, exercising, vitamin D, vitamin C, eating nutrient-dense foods, you know, weight training, doing everything you can to keep yourself ha- healthy and happy. Not the things that the, the powers that be recommend, but the things we know to be holistically healthy, staying active, eating protein, you know, sunlight's a big one, man. And those of you in the Northern States, I feel for you. Down here in Florida, we get sun year round, but uh, it's hard to get that natural vitamin D that you absorb and convert into very healthy pro-hormones in the body. Calcidiol being one of those. Anyway, but yeah, I I really want you all to win in whatever endeavor you have. Obviously, my podcasts are focused on weight loss, fat loss, and cultivating a healthy lifestyle around exercise, etc. But I want you all to win in your personal lives, in your families, in your relationships, in your careers. And that's why I share some mindset stuff on these podcasts because I had, you know, I've made a lot of mistakes in my life and it led to a lot of growth in these areas. I had invest heavily into my mentorship so that I can continue to grow and push my growth edge in certain areas and well, in all areas. And I want to encourage you all to do the same. I want to advocate therapy with a good therapist or shitty therapist. So get a good one that's going to actually tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. Sometimes therapists can be cheerleaders. There's bad eggs in every industry, including the coaching industry. Most coaches suck. And that's not me trying to shit on my competition because there's also some awesome coaches that I would definitely encourage. There's some awesome, awesome influencers, quote unquote, out there who are doing great things in this industry, who are evidence-based and who are pushing the right habits and right behaviors that lead to long-term sustainable change. And I'm a huge advocate for them. So, you know. I, I just know that, you know, if you're going to get help, you're going to get mentorship. You do want to be discerning and, you know, choose people who have aligned values as much as you can. That being said, y'all, 
Oh, just one more reminder. Oh, I wanted to say before I get into this episode, if you haven't watched the like how to like strength training for beginners, that episode, it's not titled that. It's called like how to get started with strength training, I think it's called. Watch that one too, because I'm going to talk about the myths on this one, but that episode will give you more context for lifting. Those of you who are like beginners in the gym trying to get into working out, you know, check out that episode because I go in depth on how to get started, how to make progress, and just really simplifying it. So you can, if you've never lifted a weight in your life, go listen to that podcast. If you're intimidated by the gym or from lifting weights, go listen to that podcast episode. Because I really break down in simple in a simple way, like how to get started and very easy ways to quantify progress and start to gain momentum with that when you're in analysis paralysis and don't know where to start. Without further ado, I'm going to get in the episode now. So let's freaking get into it. Five workout myths stopping your progress. The longer I do this, the more I see whether it's a Q&A that I do on Instagram or whenever people ask me questions in my DMs, I start to see consistent themes with the questions being asked. And I see what women are struggling with in terms of analysis paralysis and confusion with getting stronger. So I'm going to give you these five myths to debunk beliefs that you may have around weight training and help you see progress. Let's jump in. Number one myth, low weight and high reps versus high weight and low reps, which is better. Some people will tell you that low weight and high reps is better for toning or that you get different muscles from doing different rep schemes or that if you don't want to get big and bulky, you should do lower weight and higher reps. There is one factor that you need to keep in mind when it comes to the confusion around how many sets and reps should I do. And that factor is intensity. The name of the game when it comes to progressing with your muscle tissue development and therefore progression with the visual change in your naked body that you all want to see is high intensity, moderate load. So what does that mean? High intensity means that you are pushing your muscles to muscle failure. The gym is one of the only places in the world where failure is a good thing. Actually, failure is kind of a good thing in every area because the more you fail, the more you learn. But specifically in the arena of muscle tissue development, intensity means that you are pushing your muscles to a point where they have to say, holy shit, Deborah, that was hard. I better adjust for the next time you do that. And therefore, that breakdown leads to recovery and growth. Your body is a very adaptable machine. And so if the stimulus that you subject your body to isn't challenging, it adapts and therefore doesn't change. In order to elicit change, it has to be challenging. So push yourself. If you can lift a weight 20 times, it's probably a little too easy. Use the reps as your guide. And that's where we get to the moderate load concept. Low load would mean the weight is so easy that it doesn't really challenge. You could do it 20 reps, 30 reps, and you're just moving with weights in your hands at this point. It's not challenging you. Therefore, it won't change you. High load would be more along the lines of your explosive strength athletes, power lifters. That's not you either. That's like a one to three rep range where the weight is so heavy, you can only lift it one to three times. That, is, has its, that has its place in competition and for strength athletes. We want to be somewhere in the middle, moderate load, meaning we can handle this weight for around 10 reps on average. If you do a little more, that's okay. If you do a little less, that's okay. 
But a great way to gauge what weight you should be lifting is if you pick it up and you can lift it for a lot more than 10 reps, increase the weight. If you can only lift it less than six reps, then you probably need to decrease the weight. If you reach muscle failure and you can't do any more reps around 10, let's say, that's where you need to be. And that's the weight that you need to use for your sets. This advice is very general, but it's the most effective for the most amount of people who are looking to visually change their body. Use the reps as your guide. Around 10 reps is the moderate load and you want to use a weight that pushes you to the high intensity spectrum of effort. So high effort, moderate load. Moderate load also provides that you use a weight that challenges your muscle tissue, but doesn't break down your joints or your lower back or other parts of your body to the point where you have to recover for long periods of time. And that's where we get into frequency of training. The data indicates that training muscle groups at least twice a week is most optimal. You don't have to be perfect and most optimal. You just need to be good enough and consistent. So training each muscle group once a week is good enough for you to progress. But if you train so hard or the load is too high, too heavy, then the recovery period is going to be larger and won't be conducive to training more often. So that's where that moderate load comes in. Again, we want to use a load or a weight that challenges us, but not so much. There isn't so much breakdown that we have to recover for like a week, right? So when it comes to the low weight, high reps, high weight, low reps, we want to be high intensity, moderate load. Myth number two. Doing different types of exercises produces a different look. What I mean by this is people who think that if you do yoga, you'll get yoga muscles versus if you lift weights, you look like a bodybuilder. Let me just crush this myth right here and now. Your muscles are either developing or they're not. There's no look to a specific type of training. You can't look at someone and say, Oh, that person has swimmer muscles. Oh, that person has tennis muscles. Oh, that person has Pilates muscles. Those, a lot of those things aren't even really for developing your muscle tissue. So it's important to not confuse where you want to be versus what you're doing to get there. That's a huge gap I see with a lot of people. There's a huge gap between what they're doing and what their goal is. Like, what do you want to look like and what are you doing to get there? And is what you're doing to get there congruent with what you're trying to visually produce. And I can tell you after working with thousands of women over the years that 99% of you need to be lifting weights or at least have weightlifting in your regimen in some way scattered throughout your routine somewhere because the vast majority of women that I work with want to make changes to their body in one place or another. That's going to hinge on muscle tissue development. And the most optimal way to develop your muscle tissue is via weight training. Resisting gravity via weights is the best way to break down your muscles and have them rebuild stronger and more developed. And so if you're afraid of doing weightlifting because you think it's going to make you look bulky, and but then you opt for yoga and your goal is to change your body visually, well, by choosing yoga instead of weightlifting, you're just 
not developing your muscles nearly as much or at all. It just doesn't provide the resistance that you get with weight training. So let's like, let's just detach from this fear of, of weightlifting. Every fitness model that a lot of women want to look like, or even if you just want to make some small changes to your body, those changes are best made and longevity is best added to your life via weight training. There was a study done recently, a meta-analysis that showed that the primary cause of a decrease in basal metabolic rate in the elderly was from decreases in skeletal muscle. So simply put, you lose muscle, your life shortens because your metabolism decreases. So you're intaking less nutrients. You're more prone to osteoporosis and most other disease. So lifting weights literally lengthens your life. It is the organ. Muscle is the organ of longevity. And I'm not saying, I don't have anything against Pilates or yoga or bar or whatever it is that you enjoy doing because I'm a proponent of doing whatever exercise you enjoy most. I'm just a huge advocate for also having some form of resistance training in there in the form of weightlifting because of the profound impact it has, not only on your aesthetic goals, but on your longevity and quality of life. Yoga is a great supplement to weightlifting. Increases mobility, different strokes for different goals. Let's just be clear on what is going to get us to where we want to be. Myth number three. These terms such as toned or bulky. I don't want to lift weights because I don't want to be bulky. Trust me, sis, you won't be. Here's the thing about toned and bulky. Toned just means more muscle tissue. These words that a lot of people use to describe the look that they want, they're all centered around having more visible muscle tissue. Because in order to be toned, it means that you have decreased body fat and you have developed that muscle. And now it is toned as a result. You don't get toned without muscle tissue. On the other side of the spectrum, when it's like the fear of lifting because I don't want to get bulky, listen, bulky, if we think about what bulky means, it means a layer of body fat around muscle. So if you don't want to get bulky, then just don't eat like an offensive lineman and accrue so much body fat that it makes you appear bulky. Muscle tissue is actually going to make most people smaller. Muscle takes up less space at the same weight as body fat. It's more dense. So when you gain muscle tissue, you proportionately decrease body fat and your body actually shrinks as a result. This is the misconception that people have. When you lift weights as a part of your weight loss journey, it, it amplifies the visible change in your body, provided you're pushing yourself enough, like we talked about in myth number one. But these terms that we use to describe our body and the, and the fear that they induce and the stigmas they associate with weightlifting need to go. Toned equals muscle. Lean equals muscle. Bulky equals body fat covering muscle. So a lot of these things are just dietary maneuvers that we can make. A lot of the appearance stuff hinges on nutrition rather than the exercise. But when it comes to your muscle tissue development, that's going to center around weightlifting. There's no exercise that you do that makes you toned versus weightlifting. Like you don't do yoga to get toned. Again, if we go back to the other myth, it's yoga is, 
doing yoga in place of weightlifting to avoid getting bulky just means that you're doing a suboptimal form of muscle tissue development. And they're from completely different purposes. One is for mobility, peace of mind, flexibility. There's maybe some calisthenic strength developed there. Very little of that will equate to visual change that a lot of women want to see. So again, it depends on your goals. Be very clear on what you want to produce and then do the activity that is high leverage towards that goal. Myth number four, my personal favorite, lifting weights makes you manly. Holy dog shit. Listen, (laughs) most men can't even get manly from lifting weights. You think you're going to with a, a fraction of the testosterone that men have? It's hard enough to gain muscle tissue, let alone if you have a quarter of the hormones that it takes to build muscle tissue. I want to make a big distinction here. Masculine traits such as a deep voice, body hair, big traps. Those things are associated with hormones, exogenous hormones, meaning if women want masculine traits, they have to inject those. You have to inject exogenous hormones to produce masculine traits as a woman. You don't have the hormones as a woman to just develop these traits out of nowhere from an exercise stimulus. Just because you are resisting gravity doesn't mean your Adam's apple is going to suddenly pop out of your throat. Just because you start lifting. I mean, I wish it were that easy. I wish it were that easy to just blow up and get manly from picking up a pair of dumbbells and doing some shrugs. Sis, it just doesn't work like that. You have to work for years to accumulate muscle tissue, let alone enough to give you some kind of manly appearance. The women that you see in the CrossFit games, they're all using performance-enhancing drugs, or at least 90% of them. Let's just be honest here. Like We always have these extreme examples to point to when we want to prove the point that weightlifting makes you manly, and yet all the people that we use as an example to prove that point are using an abundance of performance-enhancing drugs because it helps them perform at their sport. No judgment, but if they look manly, it's because they're using androgens and anabolic agents to produce massive amounts of muscle tissue gain and the masculine traits that come with those extra hormones that they're putting into their body. You, the suburban housewife, are not going to get that from just starting to lift some weights. It just doesn't happen. You're going to get leaner. You're going to get stronger. You're going to improve your shape. You're going to burn more calories at rest. You're going to help your mobility. You're going to love the way that you look naked, but you're not going to look manly. It just doesn't happen. And myth number five. You should or should not lift weights depending on what phase you're in. And I'm talking a weight loss phase versus a building phase. Now, I I, I made another video the other day on how to transform your body, and you should do it in phases. You should either be focused on weight loss or you should be focused on building muscle tissue because trying to do both at once generally leads to perpetual stagnancy. It's like having your foot on the gas and the brake at the same time. One requires a caloric deficit, one requires a caloric surplus. And so it behooves you to spend enough time in either phase to make substantial progress. But the confusion comes in when someone asks me, should I still lift weights even though my goal is weight loss? 
Absolutely, you should. And here's why. Just because you're in a weight loss phase doesn't mean you don't want to maintain the muscle tissue you have. Muscle tissue is a calorically expensive organ. It helps you burn more calories at rest. It provides the very shape that you want to see in your body. So if you lose muscle tissue because you're trying to lose weight, it's like popping a balloon. There's nothing underneath after you've lost that body fat. So you want something to provide shape once you've burned off the excess body fat. So you want to lift weights regardless of the phase you're in. And if you haven't been pushing yourself in the gym, or if you're new to the gym and working out, or if you're working out from home, whatever it is, you can actually get stronger in a weight loss phase. And 90% of people do simply because you're either new to it or you haven't really been pushing yourself optimally. And that's what we help people do in the Revenge Body Coaching Program. But that being said, no matter what phase you're in, you should always lift weights because if you're not trying to gain muscle tissue and add shape to your body, you're trying to maintain the shape that's already there and not lose it. Because if you lose muscle during a weight loss phase, that is going to hurt you long-term because you're going to have metabolic adaptation happen a lot faster. And then that's going to have, that's going to reduce the amount of calories required for you to lose weight. And eventually you'll have to eat like a baby mole rat in order to lose weight. And we don't want that. The object is to maintain as muscle. The object is to, the goal should always be to maintain as much muscle tissue as possible and keep your calories as high as possible so that you can maintain muscle tissue and maintain your metabolism whilst being in a weight loss phase. I hope this sheds some light on some commonly believed myths. I hope I debunked some stuff for you, cleared up some confusion. If you have questions, always feel free to DM me on Instagram, Facebook. I respond to all my DMs. I'm here to serve you. I want you to win regardless if we work together officially in our, in our program or not. If you want to learn more about our coaching, link is in the description of this video. Hope you all have an amazing rest of your day. ESV, out. If you liked what you heard on this episode, ladies, share it with your friends. And if you want to finally escape dieting culture and get body results that make your ex wish he never mistreated you, check out the link for the Revenge Body Metabolic Revamp. You can find that in the show notes. And remember, ladies, you are powerful.